Welcome to the house of the Lord, Spirit of Prophecy Church, Plano, Texas. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. What an honor it is to come and stand before your people. Prayers answered, learn how to fight and win and defeat Satan. And I thank you, Lord, for this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me tell you, I am ready, ready, ready to teach this message because I had a wonderful with Mrs. Young this morning, and I, I've already, I already had a sermon today. Praise the Lord. The sermon was titled Salt and Light. Salt and Light. I had the prophet finger in my face. I got rebuked, and I felt the burning fish eye. I got the full treatment. She cast demons out of me. I've been set free. And it was all over the way I put the silverware out on the dining room table. And so she said when she was finished, do you receive it? I said, oh, yes, because I've been trained and equipped. I know the right answer. I said, oh, yes, I receive it. Yes, I do. She goes, was I right? I go, oh, yes, yes, you were right. You were right. She didn't believe I got another sermon. But uh, I've been set free, praise God. <laughs> it's good to be married to a woman of God. Mrs. Young, you're awesome. I love you. My talk today is on spiritual house cleaning, and it's, uh, I, it's not an exhaustive teaching. Uh, there's so much more. It goes right along with what uh, Prophet Leslie's been the last two, maybe three weeks. Uh, about mysticism in the church. That's not what this is. This is something different, but it's along those lines. So um, let's get started with this. Satan hides in plain sight. Don't you know it? No. If you don't know what you're looking for, you won't be able to recognize him. He's not like red with horns and a fork tail and a pitchfork. He looks just normal, and uh, it's everywhere if you know what you're seeing. So just be aware there's two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of light, Excuse me for one momento. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. So, next slide. Is it still too loud? Slide it down. Okay. Prophet Leslie has taught on this before. One of my favorite scriptures, Luke 10, 19. I'll tell you, I had a sign this morning. Well, let's do the scripture. It says, Behold, it's saying, Look, boys, I give unto you power. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy, nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, this is a warfare scripture, and it doesn't mean we pick up snakes and scorpions. It means the enemies. Satan is a serpent, the old dragon. He's a snake. He's got a fork and tongue. He's the father of lies. So these are our spiritual enemies. And this is what I use to defeat him. When it says tread on, it means he's under our feet. Amen. Under our feet. And so when Jesus said to Peter, you savor the things of men, get behind me, Satan. What he was really saying, get under my feet, Satan. So that's what we do with the enemy. There you go. There's the picture. Doink. Kick him. Uh-huh. He's under our feet. So um, this is God speaking in his word in Deuteronomy says, Behold, I set before you this day blessing and cursing. There's good and there's bad. There's a kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Everything made was made by God for his pleasure. And he made the blessings and the cursing. It says, A blessing, if 
That's the biggest word in the Bible. If, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, he commands us to obey. He doesn't say, maybe you should obey. And a curse. Well, we're, this is God speaking. This is not our enemy, Satan speaking. He says, a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. It's right here. Are we on? We're good? Okay, thank you. So the God, God says there's blessings and curses. Whether you believe it or not, no, I know a lot of people say Jesus hung on the tree, the curse is broken. Yes, he broke it, and he healed us on the cross, he delivered us on the cross, but we have to know how to appropriate this stuff in our life. And so, if you don't know how to appropriate it, training and equipping right here will teach you how to get freed up. Isaiah 47, 11, Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from where it comes. To come out of nowhere, somewhere that you won't know where. And mischief shall fall upon you. You should not be able to put it off. You know, there's things that come on us we can't get rid of, right? Christians have these things. So just because you say, Jesus, come into my heart, doesn't mean that everything's going to be a bed of roses, right? We have some battles to fight. Even though Jesus won the big battle, we got some battles to fight too. So we can't put it off and the desolations come upon these suddenly, which you should so there's light and darkness out there. Two kingdoms. It's the battle that we have to face. Deuteronomy 32. When the Most High divided the nations their inheritance, he separated the sons of Adam and he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. So I'm going to talk to you about bounds, boundaries, fences, landmarks, and this type of thing. There's legal rights in the spiritual kingdom. So there were 12 tribes, and when they crossed Jordan, God said, this is your... He gave specific instructions, you know, this river, this mountain, this hill, this is your territory. Two tribes stayed on the other side of the river. They didn't want to cross over. So they had their territories. They were boundaries. Deuteronomy 19, thou shalt not remove the neighbor's landmark. So we have landmarks. Um, it says they said of old time the, of their inheritance. We have an inheritance. Even though we didn't cross the Jordan when we got saved, and baptized, we did cross the Jordan in the spirit, and we have an inheritance. We have a legal inheritance in America. If you own property, there's a title deed, and it's a legal, pretty, anybody ever here, you got to sign a papers, I mean, you sign, 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 then they give you a title when it's paid for, and so it's legal, and uh, scripture. Proverbs, remove not the ancient landmark, which the fathers have set. Proverbs 23, remove not the old landmark. So there are landmarks in fields. Definition of a landmark, it's an object such as a stone or tree that marks the boundary of the land. So in the old, this pleased God and he walked four years around the mountain. They go, we saw that tree before. We saw that rock before. Sure, it's a landmark. They remembered what they saw. And so... That's a definition. Oh, I think this is interesting because Apostle Stan is saying, like, 
Don't take the mark of the beast. Well, there's marks on the land. Good marks and bad marks. A uh, more description of a conspicuous object on land that marks the locality. So like St. Louis Arch is a landmark. The Sphinx is a landmark. Pyramid is a landmark. Now in Texas, when you go down to Houston, on the way through Austin, there's a huge statue of Sam Houston. Well, that's a landmark. People go and stand in front of the statue and they get their selfie. That's a landmark. So there's other landmarks. So when you come out to my house, I go look for the uh, fresh farm eggs for sale by my driveway sign. That's my landmark. It's got a chicken on there. Uh, we got a barbecue, little barbecue trailer on 78 and, and 543, so that's a landmark. Look for the barbecue trailer, then go to the chicken sign. All right, so an anatomical structure used as a land point. So that could be like the White House is a landmark. Say what? Statue of Liberty is a landmark, yes, amen. There's many, many things. It is a landmark. Uh, three, an event or development that marks a turning point or a stage. Now, this is what I'm really going to talk to you about today. And we may get to the point of this. It's an event. And so the event I'm going to be explaining in the future is called stake. means mark out our property or our area which would be and if you don't own any rent you can anoint your home put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts like they do on passover only we don't use lamb's blood good morning hey i can hear myself okay so you mark your property you mark your home I bought, I'll just tell you a quick story, I bought a truck, it was a used truck, but it's my work truck in March a year ago when we had COVID, paid cash, title, tax, the whole thing. And because of COVID, the government offices were shut down, I couldn't get a title. Then uh, the business was shut down, they put a gate across the car lot, I couldn't get into the car lot, and um, the owner of the car lot broke his cell phone, got a new phone, so for about six months I had no contact with him. I thought I got, like, snookered, but they couldn't get my title, and then, therefore, I couldn't get my tags and plates, so at a truck sitting in my driveway, it set pretty much a year. I did get them, but... Um, when I started driving the truck, we anointed it, dedicated it to the Lord, which I do to all my vehicles, and it's service to the kingdom. So if there's any curses on anything that comes into my house, we break them, dedicate it to God. This is what I'm talking about. We mark it for the kingdom of light, and you can too. Okay, I think we've beat this horse to death. Oh, no, we haven't. He's still kicking. <laughs> a structure, an unusual, historical, or ascetic, it means beautiful, one that officially designated and set aside for preservation. So like a state park can be set aside, like a Yellowstone State Park is a national monument. 
set aside. Now, as Christians, we're supposed to be set aside, right? We're supposed to be separate from the world so we don't walk like the world, talk like the world, smell like the world, look like the world. This is not our home. We're pilgrims. We're passing through. We're to be set apart, holy, and consecrated. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Job 22. Now, this is a thing I like to do. It's a prophetic act, which we teach here in Spirit of Prophecy Church. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established. Not maybe, it shall be established to you. The light will shine upon you in your ways. Amen. So, staking and anointing your home. There's no magic in the wooden stakes or the oil. It's a prophetic act. And it's done in faith. Anything done in not in faith is sin. So, everything we do is done in faith. Amen. I have a question to ask you. Is it time to draw a line in the sand? <laughs> Look around. Do we have good news on TV and the radio, or do we have bad news? You know, critical race theory, bad white guys, bad white guys. Same-sex marriage, everything's against the Lord time to draw a line in the sand so that's what we do prophetically in faith we draw a line in the sand and say satan you cross this line i'm going to punch your lights out amen. amen okay i did that this morning i took this as a sign now we had company over yesterday and had barbecued quail let me tell you it was lip smacking good and we've got some critters on our land I'll define that. Not those demon critters, but uh, goats, turkeys, quail, ducks, chicken. And periodically we get a snake that comes around. Now, I haven't seen one for a year, but the people knew that we have had them. And they go, have you had any snakes lately? I go, nope, not lately because we pray over the land. Well, we turned the turkeys out this morning and these guys are funny. So they're looking around. They got their neck out to here going like, Oop. They're not gobbling. They're making this weird noise. And me and Sunni was looking at them going like, what are they doing? And so I look over there and she looks over there. We didn't see anything. So about five minutes later, I'm thinking, man, they, they must have seen something. So I walk in there and there's a tree in there. And down by the bottom of the tree, there's this big rat snake curled up by the bottom of the tree. So I know what to do with snakes. I just walked over to the garage, got my sharpshooter which is a sharp shovel and went back over there and smacked the stake and he started to crawl I go kick and cut his head right off and I have a picture Mrs. Young I said take my picture and he was about this tall so I don't mind snakes being on my property if I don't see them <laughs> but once I see them that's my line in the sand they're not welcome so they can come and eat the rats and leave don't hang out on my property where I can see you because you're going to meet your maker. So we slew the demon snake today, and that's a sign that God is with us, and we kill snakes and demons. Amen. We have power over the enemy. He was under our feet. So I drug him out and threw him across the highway. Amen. Okay, now here's to, to find out about spiritual house cleaning do not do this do not go to the internet and start looking for 
house cleaning stuff because what you're going to find is all kinds of stuff that Leslie's been talking about, about mystics. They're going to be burning sage and doing their little new age rituals. It's all a cult. You're going to open up a door and you're going to invite something into your home that you aren't going to like. And there's witches advertising. And nowadays, they don't try to hide it. They go like, my name is Ellen the Witch. And I have the prayer for you to cleanse your home. And there's all kinds of pagan rituals. So don't go to the internet to find out how to do this stuff. Learn from Spirit of Prophecy Church. Now, I want to talk to you about legal rights. And I need a... I need a a helper, Mrs. Young, come up here. Yes, no, it's got to be Mrs. Young. We're, we're going to demonstrate. Come, come, don't be shy. No, this is not revenge. Okay, now, we'll turn around. Okay, put your hand in here. I know this is going to happen. Put your this hand. Thank you. She didn't know this was coming, no. See, we, we're married, and so we have a marriage covenant, and we're bound together in the spirit and legally. See, I got married in Las Vegas, and we had to go up the courthouse and sign and pay a marriage license. So I have a legal document that proves she's mine. <laughs> Mrs. Young. And, uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> Mrs. Young. Yes, yes, I do if I want to live, right? So, see, we're in bounds. What God has joined together, let no man put us under. And until one of us expires, then this is still in force. No, Moses gave them a writ of divorcement because they were wicked. But we're never going to get divorced. We've done that before, and this is our last. Until we die, we're in bonds. And so, you know, husbands are supposed to love their wife like Christ loved the church and die for them, and women submit to their husbands. Amen. It's scripture. It's not Lou. It's scripture. <laughs> it's a two-edged. So this, this is a good covenant. Amen. Okay, this is a sign. Okay, you can go. Thank you. Give Mrs. Young a hand clap. This is a covenant. This is a marriage covenant. And in the spirit, we're married to Jesus. We're, you know, there's no male, no female. There's no marriage in heaven. Uh, no Jew, no Greek, no, there's no color. There's no denomination. There's no non-denomination. There's no Methodist. There's no Baptist. This is children of God. We're Christians, children of God. So we're bound to Jesus Christ. Amen? We're supposed to be bound to Jesus Christ. This is a good legal right. Now, a bad legal right. I'll just demonstrate here. So here I'm all tied up. Get Leslie's book. Help me. I'm all tied up. I got this tether here. And you see pornography, drugs, anger, rage. Christians have some of that, right? Just because we get saved don't mean we've been boing. We're perfect now, right, Mrs. Young? I'm a work in progress, she says. Okay. Amen. So we have baggage. This is a evil soul tie, or you could call it covenant. We need to get rid of those things. This is a legal right. So we try to go somewhere. I'm a Christian. Oh, pornography. Oh, alcohol, drugs, right? Yeah. 
clicker. For you, you probably don't need this, but this is a definition of a legal right. I'll keep this as simple as possible. It's a claim recognized by law. What law? Civil law. When you buy a home, when you get a marriage license, you have a contract, a deed, a title for the purpose of securing it. You can have, that's, that's a good thing when you buy a home to have a title, but you can also have a title, a legal right to Satan's kingdom. Is this making sense? Am I connecting with you guys? You can have a legal right in the dark kingdom. Just because we name Jesus as Lord doesn't mean we don't have baggage to solve. Amen. Trust me, we've seen plenty in our home and in our bloodline. So let's start talking now about some demonic objects. What would that be? Well, look for first scripture, Deuteronomy 7. The graven images of their gods you shall burn with fire. This is how you destroy these things. You burn them with fire. Now, if you don't own a home and you can't burn them, uh, you throw them in the garbage. Don't re-gift them because there's spirits attached to them. Get rid of them. Beat them up with a sledgehammer and then throw them in the garbage. And we'll show you these items. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared. It is an abomination unto the Lord. See, there are things that the Lord does not want Christians to have in their home. Amen. Amen. Not just this, much more. Okay, here's a story for you. Genesis 31. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Do you remember the story? Rachel and Jacob. Mrs. Young says, she paid the price. It says, and now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou sorest longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Now, these were small image idols that were worshipped called them household gods and when rachel took off she took them see she had her feet in two kingdoms the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness she had a mixture you know i'm a christian but i do these things i'm a christian if you come from the east they worship buddha right sunni they got buddhas in their house I'm a Christian, but look what's in my house. We had the house clean. We didn't know this stuff. They didn't teach me this in the Baptist church 10 years ago or 20 years ago when we were in Iowa. We learned this right here. Amen. Here is your Buddha. So much to talk about, but many Christians, I've, you see, I've been in door-to-door -door sales. I've been in uh, handyman. I get into a lot of homes inside i see stuff like this and they're catholic and they got statues of buddha and they're not just little trinket things some of them are <laughs> you know, three feet tall and they'll have a, a wall set up with them and uh, they don't know what they're doing it's not just artwork this is an idol many times they've been dedicated and prayed over job 220 22, 28, thou shalt decree a thing. Well, they're decreeing over that. They're calling in spirits, not the kingdom of light spirit, the kingdom of dark spirit. Here's another Buddha. 
Isn't this a wonderful demon face? Ugly. There's your, what Leslie talks about, the she kind of, the glory, the glow, the evil power. Here's some more scripture. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them, for God speaking. I, the Lord, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children of the third and fourth generations that hate me. God says, if you follow after idols, you hate me. I don't care if you say I'm a Christian. You know, you can tell me you're a chicken, but if I don't see feathers and eggs, I'm not buying it. Okay? If you go set a chair in the garage and say I'm a car, well, don't make you a car. Because you go to church and say I'm a Christian and worship God one day a week, that don't make you a Christian. So, you're going, but Pastor Lou, I don't bow down to these idols. But you got them in your house. And check this scripture. This scripture should terrify every Christian. It says the iniquity of the fathers. This is not something that you're doing. This is your parents and your grandparents and your great-great-grandparents. And the bloodline up that you have no idea what type of sins that they've been involved in. And let me tell you, this is the worst, is the iniquity. You have sins, transgressions, and iniquity. Sins, you fall, you know, we are supposed to be perfect, but we have 1 John 1, 9. When we fall, we repent. We get back in fellowship with God. He turns us back to righteousness, and we can go and walk in the Spirit and overcome the enemy. Then you have transgressions. Iniquities is something that you cannot break. That's where you really need deliverance. So you cannot... You, you go to church, you've been saved, you've been baptized, you speak in tongues, but you're doing pornography. This is a sin you cannot control. It controls you. That is an iniquity that you continually do and confess and continually do and confess. You just can't overcome it. This is something you need deliverance for. But that sin from the fathers will come down upon your children. And that's why so many children, we in SUNY minister to so many families, a lot of times they're adopted. We have no idea. I mean, they've had trauma. Of course, they've had trauma, so they have spiritual problems. Rejection, abuse, trauma. Uh, but many of them are not traumatized. Um, when we were in the Baptist church in Iowa, we seen kids start in the first grade, go all the way up, go to college, and then come back to college. They're gay. Christians. Oh, well, yeah. So there's an enemy out there that wants to turn us. But these things come down on your children. Okay, here they are. They're bound down to, no, of course, these are probably Buddhist monks. But hey, you know, we let these gods in our America. You know, I live in Nevada, Texas, 600 people. You know, you can't find 600 people in Nevada, Texas, but that's what they list on the sign, 600 people. It looks like 20, 30, <laughs> you know. I got a wheat field. They just harvested it yesterday because we had so much rain, but 240 acres of wheat across the street. I got two neighbors, and I got three neighbors on this side, and that's it. So, I mean, we live out in the middle of nowhere. But you drive about 10 miles, it's between my house and Ponderosa Pet, and there's a giant, looks this color, orange, red, yellow, um, 
Buddha temple out in the middle of the, you know, you drive along, you see goats, you see sheep, you see corn and wheat, and then whoa, golden temple out in the middle of a cornfield. Out 10 miles from my house, it's crazy. And these things are all over. We got mosque downtown Dallas. We got one up here in Allen. It's, I mean, they're gods, false gods, not Jesus. Here they are, food sacrificed idols. You see that? Ancestor worship. They put out food offering. They do that in the shrines. If you go up here to the little, what's the name of it? The um, Chinese restaurant. King Buffet. Hope you're watching. Unsaved pagans, probably. You go to pay, and if you, I'm tall, so I look over the counter, and down on the floor, there's a little shrine with food, fruit, and food, a plate of food set out. Nail salons, yeah, Vietnamese nail salons. There's a uh, appliance. I have to sometimes repair appliances. Don't call me for it. I don't do that. I erase that. So I go to a Vietnamese appliance store in Garland, and they have a shrine there. When we lived in Des Moines, because uh, I have this wonderful Korean wife, we'd go to the Asian market. In this place, I wouldn't even go in, but Sunni would go in. But they had a shrine this tall, as wide as this stage. Looks pretty much like that. Inside, I mean, the front doors are two big folding doors, and you'd park the car in front of the doors, and you could see that thing. I mean, it was like a monument. Okay, they're saying, this is my God. Yeah, they're proud of it. Amen. Here we see uh, incense. So before I got saved, I used to go into what they call head shops. And they had paraphernalia, all kinds of stuff. It was new age was what it was. They'd have incense. Now, this incense is dedicated and prayed over. And when you burn that, you're setting spirits into your home. Don't go to your new age stores and buy incense. In fact, it's a good idea not to buy them. And even, uh, so up here by the King Buffet, next to that is a thrift store. And you go in that thrift store to buy, you know, a dollar t-shirt or, you know. But they have, it's about a 10 by 10 room. And in there, there's all types of Catholic stuff. Jesus on a cross. They got angel cards. They got candles. And on the candle are pictures of dead saints. They got rosaries, the rosary beads and crosses. I mean, it's New Age stuff. It's pagan. Yeah, it's Mary Olatry. So if you're a Catholic, hey, I love you. I'm not, you know, beating up on you. But our God is Jesus. We pray to him only. You know, we don't burn incense. And, yeah, our prayers are incense. Okay, how many of you have seen that? The fortune cat. That's in the other <laughs> Chinese restaurant. Or an elephant. Yeah, so these are idols. And I've seen this stuff in people's houses. Here is the money frog. That is a coin. And how many know that in the end times, Revelation, out of the mouth come three frogs? They're spirits. These are marine spirits. They're in the water. 
You know, snakes can swim. That's a marine spirit. Satan's a marine spirit. A frog's a marine spirit. They're water spirits. They, they go on boundaries. Don't you know that uh, North Texas uh, boundary is, it's not straight. It's like this because it's a river. That's a boundary. There's spirits in that river, marine spirits. Okay, you want to clean your house? You want a spirit clean your house? Okay, if you're a Christian and you got one foot here in Jesus and one foot on the dark kingdom, well, have you ever heard you got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel? You're asking for trouble. You're opening up a door. Well, this was more for Albert, but check this out. Cambodia had the killing fields. They massacred millions trying to make them all equal. This is a grotesque monument to egalitarianism. There's a four-bit Texas word. Those who preach egalitarianism, gospel of envy, are, whether they know it or not, apostles of Pol Pot. See, you know, here's an apostle on the dark side. And guess, see, we got some rotten politicians in our country, but this guy here, Senator Rand Paul, said this. I think he's a good politician. I don't know much about him, but because he said that, you know, he knows about socialism. We need people in our government that fight against socialism. Amen. Here's what egalitarianism is mean. It means we're all going to be equal. Knowing the spirit, we're already created equal. We don't need a law to tell us we're equal. But the end of this is they want to tell you what the morals are. They get to make the rules. The Bible, we're going to throw that out because that's hate. See, they call evil good and good evil. We can't have the Bible because we're haters, and we're going to give you the New Age doctrine, and we're going to tell you what's right and wrong. So you can have gay marriage. You can be born a boy but call yourself a girl. You know, it's all a bunch of hooey. Socialism, trying to make the rules against God. Okay, let's talk about this. Hands up and hands down. Now, you've probably never heard of this stuff before, but the occultists, the New Age, the Illuminati, the witches, the Wiccans, the warlocks, the people that worship Satan, the ball worshipers that Apostle Stan talks about, they understand this stuff very, very good. Here's your right-hand path. This is the five-pointed star downward. The pentagram, and this is the five-pointed star upwards. I call this the right hand and the left hand path. It's everywhere, if you know what you're looking at. Now, this is the occultist. See all those occult symbols? Where, where did I want to, This is for you, Stan. You see this? Nine, nine, nine. Well, if you turn it upside down and you were looking at my hand like that, it would say six, six, six. The occultists and the Satan worshipers, they know what they're doing. They have a God, and they do prophetic acts. Okay. Let's go through this. I pull this off the web. You know, some of this stuff is so dark, you just you can look at it a little bit, and like Leslie says, you got to get back away from it and come down to reality. 
author reviews the occult. Well, it's not really an occult review. This is pure Satanism. She says, the heart of a goetic demon lies in my body. The goetic demon found a place in my body by tattooing her sign on my fair skin. And I changed my name to hers. Okay? Do we see people getting tattoos? It's against God's word. And it opens the door. And it's an idol. And behind the idol is a spirit. She changed her name to Isabel. What's that sound like? Jezebel. All right, we'll skip most of this, but the last, the last sentence. I admired his work, the second to the last. I grew up a staunch follower and practitioner of Aleister Crowley. No, I'm sure most of you have never heard of that name. I admired his work and learned a lot of useful things and lessons from him. Aleister Crowley was a magician who worshiped Satan, and he is the founder of the Satanic Church. And he's no longer alive. He's frying like a fritter in a hot place. But he's founded the Church of Satan. This is who she worships and follows. This is her trainer, her mentor. She adores this guy. And she's got a demon, and she's proud of it and telling the world. This is the type of stuff you're going to find on the Internet if you go to spiritual house cleaning. You don't want to go there. Here you got the hand up and the hand down. It's the right hand and the left hand path. Hand up, hand down. Okay, what is the right hand path? Uh, best example in America is Republicans and Democrats. Okay, a lot of the Christians think the Republicans are going to do a good job and we need to get out the Democrats. Well, the Democrats, they think the Republicans are doing a bad job. We need to get a Democrat in. Well, we're split down the middle. Left-hand path, right-hand path. I'll just tell you, as Christians, we follow the narrow path. Because both these paths are going to take you straight to hell. So there's no man that's going to save America or the world. One man, Jesus Christ. Here's the right-hand path. Hand up, hand down. Where's all this going? Right-hand path. Hand up, hand down. Hand up, hand down. Okay, here's where it's really leading. The Satanists know about this. This is Baphomet, the goat god, which is trying to represent Jesus Christ. It's a half man, half woman. These are female breasts. So El Shaddai, our supplier of all our needs, well, you know, that represents reproduction and nourishment. They're going to supply your needs. There's something else there. There's the male Yep. There's a, the P word, phallic symbol. Amen. So it's male and female. Where do you think this transgender spirit going around the globe is coming from? It's not coming from Jesus Christ in the church. It's coming from the dark side. These people know what they're doing. They have covens. They have, you know, the pyramid, the people down below. They don't know what God is uh, they're serving. But the people at the top, they know full well. And they're doing prophetic acts and sacrifices, blood sacrifices. Sending out curses, practicing black magic. And speaking of that, here's the white moon. That's the good magic, white magic. And here's the black moon, black magic. Well, let me tell you, they're both bad. Correct. They both open up a door. Something comes in. You don't like it. 
then you can't get rid of it. Then you got to call me in SUNY. I got problems. I need you to cast this. Pray for me. I'll be healed. Pray for me. I'll be set free. It don't work like that. First, you have to close the door. Then you have to repent. And before all that, you have to say, Jesus, come into my heart. And then you can fight the battle. And sometimes it goes for 20 years, right, Mrs. Young? How come it won't leave right now? I want to be free right now. Well, ask God. He's got the answer. This is the right hand and the left hand path. It's from the devil. There we said that. Amen. Now, there are some good ones. But if we're looking to politicians to save America, not going to happen. The church is going to rule the world if we take authority and get our names. Come to the solemn September assembly in Richardson. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. You better sign up and come or I'll get you. <laughs> Here we go. This is a real statue that I think, didn't they try to put this in Oklahoma? A monument because, you know, we got crosses over. They're tearing down the Ten Commandments, but they want to put this up. See, they want the children. See how the children are looking up like... I love this guy. I get to do what I want. They're worshiping this beast. It's the goat god. He's got a pentagram up here. The right hand and left hand path. Evil. Pure evil. And the church of Satan is propagating this stuff. They want to kill the Christians. But they want to have their god glorified. You know, what's the church doing about it? Almost nothing. They want to pull down our statues and put up theirs. Right. This is the spiritual battle we're in. This stuff is around the globe. I'm not even going to tell you how I know. Trust me, you don't want to go and dig into it. See, this beast is sitting on top of the world. This is the God of this world. It's a real spirit. It's not just a statue. There's a spirit behind this guy. Here they are out in public. Church of Satan people. Preaching their gospel in America. Can you believe this? It's real. And what are we doing? Almost nothing. Here's how the demonic pattern works with these objects. First, you have a lie. The lie is against the word of God. The lie is against the Bible. If you make an agreement with that lie, then you have an idol. Well, pick your idol. There's millions to choose from. This is the money frog. But behind the idol, first you accept a lie, then you have an idol, and behind the idol is a demon. There's a spirit. If you got these cute little artworks in your house that you don't think, oh, it's just artwork, Pastor Lou. It's a spirit in there. You know, these spirits can bring poverty if you can't keep a job, if you're church hopping, you can't never settle down, you're restless, you can't sleep at night, you got nightmares. I mean, Deuteronomy 28, you got the blessings. Oh, we love that. The curses, we don't want none apart of that. But those are what the idols bring in, is all the debauchery, sickness, curse, disease, famine, death. Do I need to go on? You won't like it. Get rid of these things. Now here is a perfect example of how the media 
tries to make evil look good. You have this cute little girl that's a harmless little butterfly, but red eyes. Now, how many do you know this is a demon? They got red eyes. It's a demon. It's trying to say, this is okay. You know, Pokemon, all the kids got them. You know, yeah, pocket monster. There's a spirit behind those things, but oh, it's so cute. It's fun. It's nothing there, Pastor Lou. There's spirits. They try to make this stuff. It's death. They're worshiping death, and they're wanting you to buy it and to bring it into your house, and these spirits are just wrecking havoc in your home. How many have seen this sign? Okay. What's the name of that sign? Monster. Well, what's another name for monster? There's a monster under my bed, Mommy. It's a demon. Monster energy. The three claws, demons, when they manifest and scratch you, you're going to have three claw marks. Actually, what you're looking at here is three Hebrew letters. Mm -hmm. It's the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. So actually what you're looking at in Hebrew is 666. Satan hides in plain sight, I told you. Thank you, Apostle Stan. 666, monster energy. There's a message here. How many of y'all drank that stuff? <laughs> Stop drinking it. Stop giving your money to Satan's kingdom. Pastor Stan just said it. 666. Okay. We're a quarter after, I think next week or whenever in the future we can talk about staking. So enough about this. This is just a short little, it's not exhaustive. If you've, got, if you've got Jesus on a cross in your house, get rid of that. You know, I have a cross in my house. I think we've got two or three, but I don't got Jesus hanging on it. He came off and rose. He's off the cross. So you got Jesus on a crucifix, get rid of it. Smash it, burn it. I'm sorry if that offends you. I'm just telling you there's spirits behind these things. And uh, next week or in the future, we'll tell you how to get rid of them. So, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for coming. And stay tuned. 10, 15 minutes, we're going to have service. Amen. Everybody, how's everybody this Sunday? Good. Just a few announcements today. Um, Bible study is still canceled for July and August, and we'll resume back September 10th. Church starts at 9.30, if we can be here by 9.15, since we are doing the live stream. Fellowship is at 10.30. Um, for the church members here and anybody who wants to join, we will be having a fellowship dinner on August 1st. Um, and then we are still needing help with people in Cambodia for school. We need cell phones, laptops, and iPads that work. If you want to send those to Spirit of Prophecy Church at 1717 Angel Parkway, box number 222. Allen, Texas, 75002. Again, that's Spirit of Prophecy Church, 1717 Angel Parkway, number 222, Allen, Texas, 75002. Um, on July 31st, we will be doing movie night, um, I believe at the Johnson's house. If you will bring snacks to share, popcorn, candy, and drinks will be provided. The movie is going to be Soul Surfer. And then the Watchman's Trumpet is coming up September 6th through the 8th. 
Um, if you will go to Watchman's Trumpet to register for that, if anybody in the church wants to volunteer, see me. Um, I will get a list going. We will also have a sign-up sheet next week. It will be $25 for the volunteers. Um, I don't know the price if you're going to attend the full-time and not volunteer. Do you have anything to say on that, Stan? The Watchman's Trumpet, September Solemn? Uh, <laughs> Come. Are we are we online or just? We should be live. Yes. Are we live? We're live. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you did not come to the Watchman's Trumpet either September, if you did not come to the September or October uh, Solemn Assembly, yeah, there you go, Solemn Assembly, then you have missed one of life's great experiences. Don't make the mistake mistake twice. Essentially, what we do is we put a microphone in the front of the room and a person has up to, I mean, literally we have a stopwatch and someone timing up to five minutes to pray. And we keep that microphone going for 48 hours straight while we fast. I think that by then we will probably be in a full-blown internal revolution. Major, major problems. Uh, the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, has said that DJT, you know, because the filters, I can't say the word, is going to be back in charge by August. Well, this is coming September 6 and 8, the Watchman's Trumpet, the, the solemn sem uh, September assembly. The uh, room will only hold about 500 people, and my suggestion is to you, don't wait till the last minute. Because Prophecy Club has now, I just checked, we're at almost 82,000 subscribers. Plus, we have Pastor Massey and Lou and Sunhe bringing people, and they have an outreach. And, but Dana Coverstone is now up to about 70,000 subscribers. Last year, he held, only had 18 people there. This year, he's not going to have just 18. In other words, I think this is going to fill up pretty fast. So... I recommend you get signed up real quick. We asked for a $25 donation. Why? Because DJT held a big meeting, I can't say the word, and a bunch of people jumped on and reserved all the places up, so consequently they thought they were full when nobody showed up. So we have to know that people are really going to show, and yes, it helps us with our expenses. But I look at it this way. You have never been, if you've not been to one of these, you've never been at a prayer meeting like this in your entire life. This can be probably one of the most powerful experiences you've ever been in. To see people that really know how to pray. Matter of fact, I had a pastor come up. He stopped me in the hall at the Solemn September Assembly last year. And he said, I'm a pastor. He said, my wife wouldn't come to this. She started watching at home online. And yes, we're going to live stream it again. But don't do that. Come. You, you notice that they didn't meet in the streets. They didn't live stream in the upper room. They all met in the upper room. Okay? They didn't live stream. It's important that you meet together. Wherever two or more agree is touching any one thing. Uh, one put a thousand flight, two put ten thousand flight. Anyway. He says she's been watching at home. She didn't want to come because... She wasn't certain she knew how to pray and a little, a little shy, but she's caught on fire and she loves this and she's actually learned how to pray. I will say that you will learn how to pray in a new and a more powerful way. 
Besides that, I think our nation is going to be in such a desperate situation if we don't do this, if Christians won't come together and pray for our nation, we're gathering under one name, Jesus, to pray for one thing, to pray for America. If we don't do this, we may lose our nation. Right now, we're about to go into the internal revolution Dimitri was warned about. And there's several other prophecies that if we don't pray against them, we might lose our nation. But I believe the best. I want to believe that if we can do this thing, I'm talking about 500 plus people. I'd like to say, oh, there's so many people coming. You know, we've got to find another place. I'd love that. Go to Watchman's Trumpet. Get signed up and come. Oh, well, I can't get off. I don't have enough money. Wait a minute. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, right? Okay, so if the heart wants to, the pocketbook and the days off, Come. can be arranged. God will arrange it, right? So the question is whether our heart wants to. No, it's not easy, fasting for 48 hours. But that's one of the things we need to learn is just how easy it can be because God will just take all of those hunger pains away. When you're doing it for God, He takes them away. And you feel a strength. You feel a strength that you may not have ever felt in your life. Watchmanstrumpet.com Watchmanstrumpet.com. Everybody in here has already signed up. Yes, right? You will be, right? <laughs> God bless you. All right, we need Victoria to the stage. Victoria, <laughs> Yes. Is it? Um, for, well, the age that we do it. So we do birthdays here for children up till the age of 13. So Victoria is coming up. She just turned four. So we're going to sing to her and present her with some money for her birthday. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Victoria. Happy birthday to you. And if y'all will come present her with some money. Oh, all right. Here you Say go. <laughs> I'll be here next week. <laughs> Say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now it's time for praise and worship. Let's stand up and spread out. Hallelujah. Come on, it's time for praise and worship. Are you free? Free indeed. Are you free? Free 
Free for all. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? You're free for all. Free for everything. Free for everybody. We're not just here for ourselves. We're here to pray and intercede for those in our nation and those who need Christ in their lives. Amen. So we're not just praying and praising for ourselves. We're declaring in the name of Jesus that there's freedom in the camps. There's freedom all around us in the name of Jesus. Free for all. That's what these words mean. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, we come to you and worship you. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise. Come on. Everyone who thirsts is welcome. All who hunger freely come. Bread of life for everyone. Free for all. Free for all. Over Free for all Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom Free for all Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom
for all. Yes, free for everyone. Free for all. Over every limitation, free for all. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, free for all. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in your Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious light. Seated, seated high, 
I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you rose again. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in you. Yes, I believe you rose again. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. King of kings and Lord of I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion. And in your holy church, I believe in the resurrection, when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. 
God, give us that passion back in the name of Jesus. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Come on, shout it out. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Hallelujah, Lord, we do. More love, more power, oh God. Jesus. We want to be able to reach out and grab that anointing. Grab those things, Father God. We receive them right now. We want more of you. More revelation, more knowledge, more love, more power. You are so worthy to be praised, Father God. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Feel the rains of your love, feel the winds of your spirit, now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the rains of your love, feel the winds of your spirit, now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the rains of your love. Feel the winds of your spirit, now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the rains of your love, I feel the winds of your spirit, now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. Let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, we want more of the Father God. Let it pour out a blessing that we receive, and take pour out to others around us. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain, Father God. Open it up. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. I feel the rains of your love. I feel the winds of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven. Let us hear. 
I feel the rains of your love. I feel the winds of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the rains of your love. I feel the winds of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the rains of your love. I feel the winds of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven. Let us hear, let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven.
Amen. You may be seated. Lord, we thank you for this apostle that you have brought us. And we ask that you would just lead him and guide him, give him the words to say. But Father God, most importantly, open up our ears to hear what you have. Open up our eyes to see what you have for us, that we can be that vessel that you've guided us so we can pour out and share this with others. Give us recallability and remembrance. And Lord, let it be just a revelation into our hearts that we would know and see you on a deeper level. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 When the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a mighty rushing wind in the upper room. August the 8th, 2015, I heard the voice say, this is a time of miracles. Miracles like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. And as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. And I look forward to that day. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome to come into this room right now and bring those miracles. You are welcome in this room. We ask for that mighty rushing wind, as you have prophesied, will come in the last days. There's not going to be just a double portion, but sevenfold miracles. We ask for those sevenfold miracles because great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see your power, when they see that darkness enter in, when they see the heavens roll back like a scroll, Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We look forward to that day. Then will all the tribes of the earth mourn, but we will rejoice. We will rejoice to see that morning star come into our hearts and bring us eternity. We look forward to that day in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, help us to have the Spirit of Jesus. Bring us the Spirit of Jesus this morning so that we could walk like you and talk like you and be pleasing to you because that is our goal today in Jesus' name, amen. So I started on this talk last week and I got into my little secret place. I said, Lord, when are you going to say tomorrow? And I was impressed real clear. It was okay to continue on this. So I got the same PowerPoint that I did not finish last week. So let me give you a brief refresher. As you recall, we discussed what is this? That's actually saying in every bit of good, there's a little bit of evil. That's a lie. In every bad, there's a little bit of good. No, there is eternal total evil. His name is Lucifer. And there is eternal ultimate holiness. His name is Jesus. Amen. That's a lie. However, in that, there's a message. Our objective is to live without spot or wrinkle. Any spot, so now, it's impossible. No one has done it except Jesus. But nevertheless, 
That is our goal. Right? That's our goal. Now, the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he will devour those people that break God's laws, but we're not one of them. And we set our heart every day not to fall, not to say yes to the temptations, but say yes to Jesus instead. That's our goal. So we look for a clean without spot, unblameable. See, that's what Satan does. He is before the Father. Right now, he's before the Father. He is the accuser of the brethren. And he is looking down on us and he is saying, look at her. Look at him. See, see, your people don't love you. They don't follow your laws. We're supposed to be unblameable. We want Jesus to be able to be pleased with us. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want the devil, when he points at us and says, yeah, yeah, uh, have nothing to say. We want Jesus to be able to say, you were saying, I'm sorry. What was wrong with him? What was wrong with her? That's right. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> we want to be clean. We don't want to be darkness. You know, there's a lot of people that think, well, if you look evil, if you walk evil, if you talk evil, if you dress evil, if you, you know, all of these things that the world does, you have more power. People are afraid of you. You know what they're really afraid of? They're really afraid of holiness. Because they can't be holy. But this is not our goal. Our goal is to not do sometimes right, sometimes wrong, but to do all the time right, all the things that are right. That's our goal. So, this is a lie. We talked about how the earth, the, the, he is coming back for glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now that's nice. We like that. But then we looked at the rest of it in context, and essentially it's saying we're supposed to walk clean before him. And we can. It's not easy. We always have to, to avoid temptations. We talked about how once saved, always saved is not correct. Look at, you know, if I take that mark of the beast, if you take that mark of the beast, you will burn in hell. With the beast, Lucifer, and the false prophet for all eternity, tormented forever and ever without escape. So, once saved, always saved, not true. I'm going to move on here. We talked about this. I'm going to go on to this one. Here's where we ended up. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When someone does something wrong to us, if we don't forgive them, the Bible in another place says that Jesus doesn't forgive us. And since I make lots of mistakes, anyone else like that? Since I make lots of mistakes, I try to be quick to forgive. Even Leslie will say, well, Stan is quick to forgive. Why? Because Stan is like a walking mistake looking for the next place to happen, as most men are. Amen. Thank you. 
there's a few people telling the truth. <laughs> Somebody emailed us and said, I sure like the way you and Leslie, you know, kind of spark back and forth when you're on the stage before the people. And I, and I felt like saying, what, you mean where I do as I'm told to do? Is that the part <laughs> you're talking about? <laughs> I love the Lord. I don't mind humbling myself. I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong. Even Dale Carnegie said, when you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Like Sean said a couple of weeks after he was first married, he said, Dad, he said, one of the things I learned is that when you get married, you have to apologize even when you don't think you're wrong. And I thought, good wisdom. <laughs> the reason the people are laughing is because we know that's right. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That means when people do wrong things, we don't say, oh, you did something wrong. We don't, we don't want to be that kind that's walking around pointing out everything someone does wrong. Instead, we want to point out the things they do right. One guy said, how is it that you have such a nice lawn? And the guy said, well, I concentrate on growing grass. You know, I fertilize it, I water it, get plenty of fertilizer, plenty of water. I concentrate on growing grass, and that pretty much just chokes out the weeds. But the, on the other guy that is asking, how do you have a nice lawn? He's over there always digging the, the grass burrs out, digging the weeds out, doesn't do much fertilizing or watering. So what we need to concentrate on is how can we help people go to the next level? How can we have people see themselves better tomorrow than they were today? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this. I got an email yesterday, and it was a word of the Lord. And there were lots of things wrong with it. It was not the word of the Lord. And this guy had sent it out to like 43 of his friends and other ministries. And I thought, Stan, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But then I thought, but Leslie's not here, but the prophet would, <laughs> the prophet would correct it. So I thought, all right, how can I do this in a nice sort of way so that people can understand, actually, this is not the word of the Lord. I didn't read the long thing because it was a couple of pages long. And it was from a guy that saw things wrong in our nation. But there were several things wrong with it. And I'm not going to go into all the things wrong with it, but I listed about three, three reasons why you can tell this is not the word of the Lord. One of them, I will tell you, is that no place in the word does God say, you better heed this word. He just speaks it. And if you got gumption, if you got intelligence at all, you'll be listening. But if you don't, that's okay. That's his attitude. So one of the things that will help us to spot when a false prophet is prophesying is when they say, you better listen to my prophet. That's not God. Never does that. Never ever does that. Well, I pointed out two or three things. And I said, uh, email, but I did a copy back to all, all of his friends that he sent this out. And I said, this is a good example of what is not the word of the Lord. I wasn't attacking him. I wasn't trying to destroy him. 
I was trying to explain to the other 43 people he'd sent this out, this is why this is not the word of the Lord. Now, I expected to, to receive back what? Fire! Fire and hellfire and damnation and curses. Right? Because that's the work of the flesh. But surprisingly, he didn't. He wrote back and he gave a verse and he said, and this is my response to Stan Johnson. So I took quite a bit of time and I complimented him. And I said, first of all, I'd like to compliment you. I said, because this is normally the reaction when a prophet gets corrected, this is what they do. They attack back and they come with all kinds of filth and fire and flame and, and curses. You didn't do that. I said, instead, you looked at it in the positive way. And I said, now, I see your heart. Your heart is honestly to hear from God. And that's a good thing. Now, how do you get to hear from God? I said, my suggestion is that you do some serious praying and fasting. And that probably means that you really want, if you want to hear God for the nation, that's on the highest order. And that means you have to go to the lowest places with the Lord, the most humbling. That means you're probably going to have to not only fast, probably not a week, but if you don't get an answer at the end of a week, go to two weeks, no answer, three weeks, until you reach 40 days. And it may be God doesn't speak to you. Probably another thing you want to do is get away from your world, your family, your home, your job. You probably want to go to a cabin on the lake or something. And you probably want to take a hymnal with you in your King James Bible because you're probably going to do a lot of praise and worship during that time. And I said, if it sounds like I've been there, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I didn't say the rest of it. It's a good thing to try to hear from the Lord. It's also an okay thing to prophesy and miss it. Leslie will tell you. We've all missed it. That's how we learn. Well, same thing here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When we do something wrong, we want them to forgive us. We want them to overlook us. So, don't hold people to a high standard. It is, I think it's Dale Carnegie again. He said, expecting gratitude. In other words, expect criticism. Expect people to do wrong. And then when they do right, let's praise them. So in this case, the guy sent out this big word, and I praised him back. And my guess is that when he gets that email, hopefully he'll respond in the right way. Hopefully he'll email back and say, you know what? You've given me some good advice. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to fast and pray, and I'm going to try to honestly hear God on a higher level. That's a good thing. I think that's what a prophet would do. Right, prophet? Amen. He's tried to hear. Didn't know how. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, what's a peacemaker? Have you ever been around somebody that's a gossiper? Oh, you know, did you see her hair? Man, that guy needs to shave. All right, okay. The thing of it is, is we're pointing the finger that direction. There's three fingers pointing back at us. Jesus said it this way. 
Before we start trying to help the person get the splinter out of their eye, first we should probably pull the log out of our own eye. Then we can see clear to help the other person. So what we have to do is to humble ourselves, correct ourselves, ask Jesus. By the way, if you want to hear, if you want to hear from God. Matter of fact, maybe that's what I should have said. <laughs> if you want to hear from God, here's the prayer to get you hear from God. Lord, would you please correct me? Not that much. Not that much. <laughs> I'll never forget. I don't know, 23, 25, I don't know how long, many years ago, when I started prayer closet, Lord laid on my heart that I needed to go and pray. He didn't say anything about a prayer closet. You need to start praying every day. So I think it was like the third night in my prayer closet. Boy, I heard him. And by the way, when God wants to talk to you, he can talk to you. Yeah. And, and I heard it real clear. Stan, I'd like to talk to you. Okay, well, great, Lord. What do you want to talk to me about? I want to talk to you about you. Me? You want to talk to me about me? Okay, Lord. What do you talk to me about? I want to talk to you about the way you talk to people sometimes. Is this the way we react? <laughs> okay. What? Like, I ain't been doing nothing wrong. Guess what? I wasn't holy. So compared to Jesus... What? The way you talked to those people this morning on the phone. Yeah, but those are just salespeople calling, trying to get me to sign up for the Dallas Morning News. See, Bill is right there with me. And there was silence. And I said, but I don't know those people. Guess what he said? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're my people. You need to talk to him kindly. Peacemaker. And now, I, every time someone calls, I try to be nice. It's not easy. Sometimes we have to... <laughs> I know nobody needs to hear this this morning, do they? <clears throat> Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fess up to something. Two big things have changed in Stan the last, really, three weeks. First thing is, see, I, 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 as I mentioned briefly last week, I never signed up to be no preacher, you know? No, no Jesus preacher, no New Testament preacher. I don't mind teaching that Bible prophecy stuff, but... I finally admitted, okay, fine. I'm now officially asking you, make me a New Testament preacher. Make me a preacher of Jesus, not just a prophecy teacher, and a new anointing has come on me. Some of you have seen it. Second thing is, guess what? When I ask to be able to preach this sort of stuff, guess what happened? Stan you have to walk differently. I know what you're going to say. You mean I actually have to walk like Jesus, right? Yes. 
Any of you in the same position? I don't mind going to church. I don't mind reading my Bible. I don't mind calling myself a Christian, but I ain't got to walk like Jesus. I ain't got to be perfect. And the answer is, oh, yes, you, come on, do. But wait a minute, I can be a, a Christian, I don't have to be perfect. No, you don't have to be. You can sin if you want to, but there's a consequence to it. That's the way he begins speaking in my heart is, Stan, you have, if you want to preach in my spirit, Thank you, Bill. He said, you got to walk in my spirit. I'll say it again. If you want to preach in my spirit, you got to walk in my spirit. we got to walk like mm, mm, mm. Jesus. <laughs> we got to grab our lips. And my... All the time? What do you think? No, man, just Sunday morning when I go to church. No. Even with my wife. Bill always has the right answer. <laughs> he says, especially. It's not easy. Blessed are the peacemakers. So, Leslie had this young teenager come over to the house yesterday. She's in Topeka, Kansas for the weekend playing glamming. And she'd asked her to do some cleaning around the house. So I said, well, you know, one of the places we might be able to, do, to move some of this stuff is actually to these cabinets over here. These are seldom used. So I went over and opened the, the door to a cabinet up, and there was a letter there. I have not looked in that cabinet for years. Well, there was a letter. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. <clears throat> from 2012, and I had written a letter <laughs> to Leslie saying, okay, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. You know, it just really kind of demonstrated how I was not walking Christ-like. So what did I do? Tear that paper up and throw it in the, <laughs> throw it in the trash. Can you be a Christian and not walk like Jesus? No, no, can you? You can, but it's a whole lot better to walk like it. So, what I've noticed in my life, and hopefully you have made this change in your life too, hopefully a long time ago, a long time before your, your pastor did. So, when I said, all right, I want to be a Jesus preacher, I want to be a New Testament preacher. I want the spirit of Jesus. I want to be able to, to talk like this and not be totally boring. Then he said, okay, you got to change some things. I've started changing some things, but a new spirit came on me. The point is, it ought to be on us all. Right? It's really a better way to live. Okay, so that means we are to be a peacemaker. We are to be pure in heart. We are to be merciful. <laughs> really? Thank you, sir. 
Really? I see some people going, I don't like them words. I don't like that kind of preaching. You know, I understand that because there was a time in my life I wouldn't have liked it either. I'd have sat there and said, <laughs> well, you go right ahead, boy. You know, but I ain't going to walk like that. Am I talking to anybody here today? Yeah. Am I the only one that sat there and said, well, I'm going to be a... I, I, I'll teach that prophecy. I'll, I'll, I'll preach prophecy. But I ain't going to do much on that way of that, that New Testament, you know, New Gospel and you know, all that Jesus stuff. You know, because I don't want to have to walk like that. Those of you who understand it's not exactly easy for me to stand up here and say this. I'm saying it because I've really made a commitment to walk like Jesus. In other words, there are times out there I didn't. And Leslie was constantly reminding me. Good wife. You're right. Here's the thing. The point is, we're supposed to be walking this way Thank you. All the time. Is this good preaching? <laughs> Blessed are they which are persecuted. Now, we like to stop there. But we didn't stop there. There's more. For righteousness. Oh, you mean if I'm walking like Jesus and I'm persecuted and I'm blessed, but if I'm walking like the world, eh, not the same, right? Not the same. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they when men revile you. What does that mean? When they persecute you, say all manner of evil against you. In other words, when you get fired because you're a Christian, when you lose some business because you're a Christian, because people don't want to play racquetball with you because you're, you know what I'm saying. Those kind of things. There's a blessing in it. So does that mean that we're supposed to walk around seeing how many people we can turn off for Jesus? We're supposed to be walking like Jesus best we can, and then those people out in the world, hopefully we can be a witness to where they can look back and say, you know what, a different. Maybe we ought to consider acting like that. Blessed are men that when, when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly grad, great. <clears throat> Try again. Be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted that the prophets which are before you. Consequently, that's how we get a blessing. Why? You mean we get, yes, we get a blessing for walking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, to the very best of our ability. And sometimes it's not going to go easy. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, it's the toughest walk on earth. But my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's, it's better than going the way of the devil. Right? Salt and light. Okay, so what is salt? I, uh, in my particular case, I have to try to avoid salt. Now, since Lou and Cindy give me 
chicken eggs and duck eggs and quail eggs a lot. They taste better with salt on them, a little bit of salt, right? Eggs taste a little better with a little salt. But I have to watch how much salt I take. So sometimes I don't eat things, often I don't eat things with salt. I can tell you salt does make things better. If I go out to eat someplace, then they almost always put a lot of salt on the food. Salt makes things. So what it's saying is, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, here's what he's saying. In light of the other scriptures, he's saying, if we say we're Christian, but we don't walk like a Christian, we've lost our salt. We're supposed to walk like a Christian, act like, a talk like a Christian, so that we make the world better. Yes? That's what he's really saying here. Does he, you know, <clears throat> I remember dri riding home in the car with my mom and dad. We, we always went to church every Wednesday evening, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Sometimes I'd hear him say, boy, he was really stomping toes today. But if, if this is stomping toes, it's just something. In other words, we, we all need to make the commitment to walk and to talk like Jesus. Yes, sir. All the time. Not just when the pastor's there. Not just when we're in church. I remember... <clears throat> And I was not walking with the Lord in these days. I think I just decided to kind of start going back to church. I remember I pulled my car into my driveway. And in those days, the driveway was on an incline about like this. I thought I put the car in park. But I guess I didn't. I guess I put it in neutral. And I was in a big hurry. So I got out of the car and ran inside. And the car backed down into the street, across the street, and up into the guy's lawn. The guy came and rang my doorbell, and he's hollering and waving his arms, your car's in my lawn, and everything. Oh, I didn't realize. So I went over, it was nothing, no damage or anything to anything. I just parked it and put it in park this time. Then he turned to me, and he says, I apologize. For what? The way I talked to you, he said, you and I actually go to the same church. And I thought, oh, that church I visited? <laughs> <laughs> but I had so much respect for this guy that would humble himself and apologize like that. That's the right thing to do. I mean, the right thing is not to, to lose our temper, not to do, but if we do make a mistake, apologize, right? You're the salt of the earth. In other words, we're supposed to be making the earth a better place to live. If the salt has lost its savor, if we're not making a change in people's lives, then we've lost our saltiness. Is this force good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of men? Is that what it's saying? In light of the other scriptures? You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. What city is it referring to? The New Jerusalem, right? Because 
when Jesus returns, the earth turns into a nice round smooth ball, except that there's one mountain. And on that mountain is the square golden cube of crystal clear transparent gold. So it's referring to this. We are the light of the world because Jesus is ultimately the light of the world. City is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but put it on a candlestick that it gives light. Meaning, <clears throat> when we're walking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, to all of our friends, all of the time, we make all of the world around us a better place. Our light, our love of Jesus, come on, somebody understand what I'm saying, shines out. Hello. To all the world. Oh, except when we get mad. Except six days a week. Except when our wife is angry at us. Stan, what you're saying is not easy. I know. I know, but it's better than the alternative. <clears throat> Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. What is a jot or a tittle? Those are the little bitty marks in Hebrew that tells you whether you make an awe or an uh sound. What we would call them phonetics today. In other words, everything is going to come to pass. Whatsoever, therefore, whosoever <clears throat> shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he should be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall teach a pre-trib rapture... No, I mean, I mean... That is what it's kind of saying, isn't it? Whosoever shall teach, do and teach them, same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when people are knowingly teaching lies, not so good. Move along, Stan. For I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You might say it this way. We can't walk like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, act like the world, and expect to live in heaven. Does that make sense? You have heard it said of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever was angry with his brother, without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, or very bad words, let's say it that way, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. What is that saying? That's talking about our mouth. It's talking about the things that come out of our mouth, not just what we do, but what we say and how we say it. <clears throat> Sometimes Leslie will say, Yes, but your tone of voice.
What's my tone of voice got to do with it? See, I get to hear these messages twice. But you know, we're, we're all recommitting to walk like Jesus. We're all. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest there that thy brother, that she have ought against your brother, leave your gift before the altar, in other words, we still give, and go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Is he saying that our gifts, our giving, our donations might be not being as effective. Let's put it that way. If our heart is not right. Amen. Is it saying that if we're not right to our brothers and sisters, it can affect the blessings in our future? What? Wait a minute. Is that what it's saying? Therefore, if you bring a gift to the altar, and then you remember that you have aught with your brother, somebody's offended by us, then we're supposed to make certain that we get that problem solved. <clears throat> like the guy when I backed the car out. I thought that was very big of him. Agree with thine adversary quickly while you're in the way with him, Lest at any time the adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, and you be cast into prison. Agree with thine adversary quickly. Admit when we're wrong. Quickly admit when we're wrong. I've told the story before, but it's a good story. I'll tell it again. I was talking with this Ozarka guy. What do you do for a living? I work for Ozarka. So what do you do? He said, well, I'm the guy that tries to save the accounts. So if we get a complaint, comes into Ozarka, he said, I'm the guy that goes to the door. And he said, here's what I do. I, I ring the doorbell. I take a half a step back. I lower my head. I humble myself. And I said, I'm here to apologize. Who are you? Oh, I, if, if, I, if I tell you who I am and who I represent, I, before I apologize, you got to hear me out because I know you just slammed the door because we have really done something wrong and I'm, I'm here to just, just apologize. So I just want, before you slam the door, I want to say that we know we have messed up and we, we apologize. And we, we please, even if you never do business, again, please forgive us. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Who are you with? Well, as long as you understand that we know that we have messed up, then I'll tell you. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Who are you with? Well, I'm with Ozarka. Oh, it's nothing. Like Sean says, you know, I learned when I got married, you got to apologize even when you don't think you're wrong. Have you ever done that? Now, if you're married, I know that. Because <laughs> women, women, you know, they have a tape recorder in their head. A videotape recorder. I've never done that. Big mistake right there. It was two years ago, January the 12th. It was snowing outside. The wind was blowing at five miles an hour. And you said, how can you fight that, you know? 
they have a tape recorder going, and they never forget a thing. <clears throat> Which, by the way, sometimes is a disadvantage. Sometimes it's good to forget some of the things in life. Try to forgive others. Let's try to treat others the way we would want to be treated. You know, that, that verse is really not in the Bible. Doing to others as you have them doing to you. But indirectly it is. It's the golden rule. <coughs> Excuse me. Verily I say unto you, thou shalt, no means by, by, thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. In other words, he's saying, try not to offend people. If we offend them, quickly go and apologize. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Let's say that. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Now let's say it like we mean it. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Everybody ready? I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. It's not, see, no one's heart has stopped. We can do it. <clears throat> you heard it said by them of old time. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay. Wait a minute. We don't want to talk about this. That's men. We, we don't want to talk about this. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh upon a woman with lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Yeah. Move along. Move along. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. <clears throat> so, a number of years ago, Leslie and I had the opportunity to visit France, specifically the French Riviera. Now, what's the French Riviera famous for? The most beautiful women in the world. If you haven't been there, trust me, it's true. The women <clears throat> walk down the street, and they're not dressed in shorts. They're not dressed like they just come off the farm or the ranch. They're dressed like they just walked out of a beauty contest. I, I don't mean the bathing suit. I'm talking about, we're talking about some fine threads. And, for whatever reason... <clears throat> There's a lot of beautiful ones. So as we're walking around, the Lord speaks to my heart. He says, stop looking. <laughs> that wasn't God. <laughs> that wasn't God. That was God. So it was like, hmm, I'm walking, yeah, they're every place. It also seemed like they were every place, but they were literally every place. So much so that Leslie actually noticed. She says, what's wrong with you? Because you normally always look around where we're going. So we're walking down the street and I'm, hmm. 
It's hard not to look. I didn't tell her. But the Lord knew. I had to keep my eyes under control. Any guy need to hear that? None of you guys need to hear that. Here's what he said. You can't stop looking at it once. That's going to come up. But don't hit rewind. Don't do the double take. When your eyeballs fall out on your cheeks, your mouth falls open. Oh, that never happens to anybody here, does it? Don't hit rewind. And as soon as we look, we look away. And then when we look away, we don't go, wah, yeah, wah. The guys are chuckling. The women don't understand. They look like this straight face. They don't understand. Women aren't sight motivated, but guys, -ah, we are, you know, we're sight motivated. Instead, when we look away, we say, that was my sister. I'm going to think of her as my sister. I'm going to not see anything nice because they all have the same equipment. You're lying to yourself. I'm going to continue to lie, and I'm going to continue to get this garbage out of me. And <clears throat> us men, what we have, some of us, if we, if, we, if we start looking twice, if we start hitting rewind, then we get hooks in our eyes. We're walking along, and all of a sudden, our eyes go. It's like our eyes are being hooked, and oh, it's like we jump up, and we, there's something over there. We don't know. We look and there it is. <laughs> Every place. I'm looking to see if any of the guys are connecting. They're all sitting here saying, I ain't admitting to a thing here, buddy. You die on that stage by yourself, but I'm not going to blink. But I know. And the Lord Nose. Sweater. The, <laughs> the prophet says, and the wife knows too. <laughs> and we have to pray, guys. We have to pray. We have to pray, Lord, take them hooks out of my eyes. Remove these women out of my eyes. Remove them out of my heart so I can walk clean before you. Now, I know nobody here has hooks in their eyes for them girls. Whosoever looketh upon a woman to... See, that's the double take. That's the rewind. That starts saying, oh, man, did you see them? <laughs> I mean, I'm 67 years old. I've been there and done that. You know what I'm saying? 
but I'm pleased to say the hooks are gone. Can you say the hooks are gone? The hooks are gone. Absolutely. So I don't have to walk around going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I look and I, I see, but I keep a sister, sister, sister in the Lord. She ain't got nothing special. They all the same. Whosoever looketh after a woman, we got four more minutes. I got four more minutes with you. We don't have to walk like this. The devil can come in and kill, steal, and destroy. Or we can walk like this. <clears throat> like one guy said, How many people in your church tithe? The pastor said, All of them. All of them? He said, Yeah. He said, Either they give or the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm going to say it this way. Either we walk like Jesus or the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Either we walk like Jesus all the time or the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If your right eye offends you, pluck it out, cast it out from me, if profitable thee that you... That one of your members should... By the way, what men, what do you think it's referring to here? You think that's a nice way to say, clean it up? It is profitable for thee that one of your members should perish, and that the, not the whole body should be cast into hell. Because if your right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee. It is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not the whole body should be cast into hell. In other words... If we can't control it, it'll send us to hell. All right. <clears throat> There's probably some more there. The point is, the point is, have we really, truly made a commitment to walk like Jesus? If not, then I recommend you do so. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different here this morning. And that is, I'm going to ask to pray for the men. And if you want me to pray for you, I'm going to ask you to do something that will be a little uncomfortable. But it'll, it, will, it, it, will, it will force you to humble yourself a little bit. But humbling ourselves before God is a good thing. If you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. He already knows, so we're not fooling him a bit. So I'm going to ask, if you want me to pray for you, pray that the, for the men specifically that the hooks be removed, that you can walk clean before him, walk and not sin, Walk like Jesus, specifically the men, because they have the hardest time. Because they, you know, they, they got, they have their sight motivated. And the devil's always after them. <clears throat> and let me just say, your wife 
But the other women in here will respect you more for coming up here and getting prayed for than sit there and acting like nothing's wrong. Right, ladies? Right? Okay. So here's what I ask for you. If you want me to pray for you to be able to walk clean before Jesus, come up here and just kneel down. Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, every one of them. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of these men. I pray that you take the hooks out of his eyes and his eyes and his 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 and the ones that are online and his that can't come up. You pray for me? I mean, you want me to pray for you? Okay, yes, sir. Lord, I pray that you take the hooks out of their eyes. I pray that you forgive them because every man has had lust in his heart. There's been jokes said. There's been giggles and all kinds of things. But Lord, we admit we were wrong. Amen? Amen, guys? Amen? Say it out loud. Amen? We admit we're wrong. It's wrong. I don't want to do it anymore. Say, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to have all of those hooks cleaned. I want them to have all removed out. And I want to be able to walk clean before you. I want to be able to walk like Jesus walked. Say, I want to walk like Jesus walked. Same thing, people online. You people, you men that are kneeling down out there. Even if you're watching the recording of this. I pray for them too. I pray the same thing. <clears throat> and I pray that we can all walk like Jesus walked. That we can have lust removed from our heart. Have the hooks pulled out of our eyes. And help us to know when we're getting back into it. So that we can walk clean before you. Clean, no spot, no wrinkle, unblemished, unblameable. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. Lord, bless these men. Bless these men that came up. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's an uncomfortable thing to admit that we've done something wrong. So I ask you to bless them. Help them walk clean. And the ladies around them, wives, what hot, and the people that see them, may they have respect for these men for coming forward and admitting they want to make a change. Help them to make that change. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, skipping forward, skipping forward. We'll see if he has me talk about these other things. So to, to conclude, come to, to go to watchmanstrumpet.com and get signed up for the Solemn September Assembly. <clears throat> it's not about the time it takes or the money it takes. It's not about that. How many people would possibly fast and pray for, 40, for 48 hours a nation. Only the ones that understand how much trouble we're in. And sad to say there's not very many people that do that. We started to have one of these in, in October down in McAllen, Texas and nobody was signing up. And the word got back to me, well they don't see any reason why they should pay $25 to come to a prayer meeting. 
So we canceled the meeting, moved it up to Topeka, Kansas. I thought if they don't see the value of pay, spending $25 go to a prayer meeting for fasting and prayer for 48 hours, then they don't need to come. They're the wrong kind of people. The kind of people we're looking for is people that do know how to get on their knees, that do know how to humble themselves, to fast and pray and reach the throne room of God through the blood of Jesus and shake the devil by his neck. Because Jesus gave us all power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It's not up to DJT. It's not up to the military. Right here. The buck stops right here. Only we're not going to give up. We're going to fight. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not writing signs and protesting weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, loosing the angels to do warfare. And we're going to gather in the name of Jesus through his power and we're going to rip hell out of America. I think I said that right. We're going to rip hell out of America. We're going to rip it out by the throat. Amen. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com. Get signed up. <clears throat> All the details. Also, if you're not a member, please consider becoming a member. You can do that by going to uh, prophecyclub.com or spiritofprophecychurch.com and you click right there, become a ministry member, and you can get signed up. Also, if you'll click like, share, and subscribe, it will help this message to go out to more people. Now, I know this is not prophecy, but we can't talk prophecy all the time. Matter of fact, probably the people in this congregation are saying, you know, we're kind of prophetic, prophecy up to the eyeballs around here. <laughs> preaching like this is a is it preaching like this a okay? Anybody need to hear this besides me? John three sixteen. You know, this is the most important thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It means we've all sinned. We, no one's going to heaven except by the blood of Jesus. There is, one, there is one God and one mediator between God and that is the man Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He said, I am the door. Not keeping the feasts, not being Hebrew roots. There's one door, and that is Jesus. Here's how you get through that door. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Can't earn it, can't buy it. Gift of God, lest any man should boast. How do we get it? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Means we got to say it, we got to believe it, we got to believe it, we got to say it. Finally, repent, be baptized, every one of you. And that means you should be wholly dunked in water in the name of Jesus. You should follow one to do that. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart 
that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, rose three days later. I receive his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that for the very first time, send me an email. Send me an email to this email address and tell me that you prayed. Okay, God bless you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for coming. And if you have prayer requests, come on up if you would like to give. The, the baskets are up here for the congregation, and you can click on the link below if you're online.